When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Near side, pick six. You see that cut out of the way. Jack Jones. Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone. Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. I'm Colton Tomadova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View back in our own home territory, it feels like, uh, after the live show last week at Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers. Yeah, that was fun. I had an absolute blast with you guys. Uh, filling two hours was definitely something different, but we had lots to talk about. We had Theo on the show. We had some food reviews to give. Yep. We were having some drinks. It was, it was yeah, fun. There's no beer in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> there should be. It feels a little more empty now that there's no beer. And, and yeah, a few a few guest appearances. That was very welcome as well. Of course. But, uh, oh, who's that? Is that? I ah, think that's you. It was yeah. mine. I missed the button on mine. Well, I'm sure you heard me through the other mics. But, uh, and it, honestly, all that matters is that the live can hear us. Um, but yeah, let's talk about what surprised us. You surprised? <laughs> Surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Well, I guess I can go first. I'm surprised that after all this time, after at least two years in this studio, I, I missed the button. You know, it's just a rookie mistake right there. <laughs> missed the button, and uh, it's my own mic. Normally, if I were to do that, it'd be like to Colt or something if he was about to <laughs> say something ridiculous. But uh, what surprised you guys from this last week in, in any regard? Man, I'm surprised the Pac-12 is still standing. It just keeps taking hit after hit after hit. The media deal with the CBS fell through, and I believe there's no media deal on the horizon whatsoever for the conference, not to mention, I know Washington kind of had something a little sketchy just happen. They just took Ohio State off their schedule for 2024 and 25. so it kind of feels like if the Pac-12 loses Washington, and probably if Washington goes, I'm sure Oregon would follow. Yep. The conference would have nothing to stand on. It would absolutely disband. Yeah, the the vibes around and and it, honest Washington and Ohio State getting rid of that series could just be pure coincidence. It could just be ah like there's some uh, you know things we couldn't agree on and it's just not going to get done. But the timing of it, especially like the day of that that deal getting falling through, it just it feels horrible horrible vibes i had a lot of texas news happen uh, within the past week we have texas football headed to the sec a year earlier than scheduled kevin durant texas alum is headed to the phoenix suns yep. uh, texas hoops 
ranked number six. Scotty Scheffler, which I didn't know when we went to Waste <laughs> Management, is actually a University of Texas <laughs> alum. Hook him uh, Jordan Spieth uh, went tied for six. Scheffler won the whole Phoenix Open. A lot of good things for Texas uh, this past week. Yeah, uh, Scotty Scheffler, shout out to him. He won me uh, 20 bucks. I just pulled up to the uh, Open. Madeline won us some tickets. Um, except for Colt, he just he just bought his. But uh, she won me and, and her some tickets. I walked in the gates and said, I'm going to put five bucks on Scheffler to win it all. And it worked out. Um, Bill Connolly dropped uh, his SP Plus ra- ratings, a preseason edition of his ratings. Um, I'm very excited about it. So we'll talk about how the Pac-12 teams are rating- rated. But these ratings are awesome because they give us kind of a basis to look at what the rest of the national feel is. Because his ratings uh, take into account, I've got the exact stuff, the returning production numbers, okay. the recent recruiting, and the recent history of the teams. And as the season goes on, as they start to get data points from the season, the way they change the ratings is based on the most measurable and, and least fluky aspects of football. So something to keep an eye on, a very cool tool. But let's talk about Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. All right, Cole, uh, what was the best thing you ate this week? Uh, Panda Express. I just had that right before the show. Uh, orange chicken, terry chicken, and then you have to do a half chow mein with the fried rice. Uh, why just get one starch when you can get two? Uh, I very wow. much enjoyed my Panda Express before the show. Wow. I was, you had made a late audible for that one. Oh, yeah, it was very good. Yeah, I, I came straight from work, and I was like, I'm starving. Go to Panda's. Okay. Yeah, usually Panda's pretty reliable. I know that kind of got us through... Some some times last semester, you know, going through the bureau and exactly, stuff. You know, exactly. you're you're busy all the time. You know, this week obviously was had Valentine's Day yesterday. Amanda and I went out to dinner. We went to nice. the Persian Room in Northern Scottsdale. Really, really good food, uh, like Middle Eastern food. And I'll tell you what, the the hummus. And you know, I'm not a hummus guy. I'm not like I don't love hummus. It's not really my thing, but. This particular hummus is so good. I don't know how to explain it, what makes it stand out from just the kind you buy at the store, but it might have been like the flatbread that goes with it. It just, the whole thing was really good. So that's probably the the best thing I had this week and kind of a surprising Wheaties for me because I've had yeah. a lot of good stuff to eat this week and just a hummus appetizer for some real uh, for some reason really stood out to me. So wow, I'm going with that. It's the apps that sneak up on yeah. you. Madeline and I, for Valentine's Day, we went to Kona Grill. Very, very nice establishment. Sounds Hawaiian. Uh, it was not Hawaiian. It's a, It was a uh, steak and seafood place. Um, I got a steak. It was absolutely delicious. I don't know if you guys know about this. I don't know how cultured you are. But the, the good steaks, right, the fat is the best part of the steak because it just melts in your mouth. Oh, my goodness. That that, that was unbelievable. It was just a, a surreal experience. One of those meals where you, you just, like, you start almost dancing in the middle of eating it, and then you catch yourself, and you're like... Oh man, like this is good. So, you guys have some extravagant meals. I'm over here talking about Panda Express. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It, it was it was Valentine's Day, so you know we went to you know some fancy places. But yeah. me, me and the gym hung out last night. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, but let's talk about Fruit Loops. What was uh what was the worst thing you ate this week? Uh, my milk went bad last night. I, I smelt it. I was gonna make some some cereal. I smelt my milk, and it was just ugh. It, that's spoiled. Apparently. Same. What? Same. What? Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. Pacific I bought, synchronized yeah. milk of you. So I bought milk like a week and a half ago or something like okay. that. The expiration date is March 7th. So it should still be good. But I 
opened it. It, maybe I bought it two weeks ago. I opened it like the day I bought it. It kind of sat for a week and a half or so. And you know with milk, it's one of those things where technically if you open it, you should probably consume it within seven days or whatever. Okay. I, I like smelt it and it didn't smell right. And then I, I had cereal and I started getting a stomach cramp. I was just uh, like, I'm not going to oh, risk it. No. I'm not going to risk it. It's still sitting in my fridge. I, I kind of feel bad for dumping out an entire gallon of milk. Um, when it's not even technically expired yet, but I just, I don't feel like I should drink the rest of it. It didn't pass the smell test. Easier to dump it when it's in the carton and not when it's already inside of you. That's true. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, no, well, well, said. well said for yeah. sure, Carl. Um, I accidentally overseasoned some chicken, uh, and it's because ah. um, oh. one of our seasoning things, the, like, tab broke, and <laughs> no so I went to pour it and it just went, boom, and I was like, oh, no. And so, like, I tried to, like, brush off as much as I could, but it did not matter. I cooked the chicken. And I afterwards tasted it. I was like, mm, yeah, this is way too seasoned. Um, <laughs> so I tried to, like, drown it in some pasta sauce with, like, my pasta. It didn't help a whole lot. It was a very disappointing meal, and it, it kind of killed my whole afternoon. So it's just tough, man. The, the bad meal experiences <laughs> can throw off your whole weekend. What seasoning yeah. did you use just so I know uh, which one we have to go buy now? It was the... Uh, which one was it? I don't know. It was one of the pre-mixed ones. The, was like, it the usual might have been the usual. Oh, yeah. Damn, the usual is good. <laughs> yeah, shout out Corey for buying that. Um, I, I forgot to mention earlier in the show. Um, let me just turn the camera to face me for a second. But this is the Valentine's Day special, guys. Okay, oh, back, back to where you are. Love is in the air. The Valentine's Day special. So let's do some Valentine's Day trivia. All right, I've got some Valentine's Day trivia for I'm you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some uh, <laughs> some uh, Valentine's twists and, and college football twists on some of these there questions. All right, so here we go. Uh, first question. How many of the pa I'll, I'll make the connection. Uh, the Rose Bowl, right? Roses, Valentine's Day. Gotcha. How many of the past ten Rose Bowls okay. has the Pac-12 won? And I'll also add that a previous question from a previous <coughs> quiz. Last ten. Also revealed this answer. But how many of the past ten Rose Bowls has the Pac-12 won? And you guys can play along at home as well. So ten years ago was twenty. Whoa, 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 no, I'm not googling. Okay. I'm not googling. I'm not. I'm not googling. I'm writing it 20, down. 2014. 2014. Okay, so 2014. Is 10 years ago, basically. 2014 Rose Bowl. Okay, but you gotta do a countdown before he goes through all the bowl games. Yeah, you got. Okay, you guys have got uh, five more seconds. Okay, I think I got it. Got it. Okay, three, two, one. Four. Three. And the correct answer is four. All right. Aiden got it. Um. I don't know. The, so I'm going to go Oregon won in 2014. I know Stanford won right. two. There's a year where Oregon beat Wisconsin. Okay. USC beat Penn State. USC yep. beat Penn State. I know Stanford beat Iowa one yep. time. That would be the other one. And I can't think of the fourth one. But Neither can I. I didn't write them down. Okay. But I know it's four. Gotcha. Uh, in the chat, let's oh, see. Madeline guessed five. She missed. She's over one. I don't know. I, I forget. Oh, that's irritating. I want to say Stanford might have won twice. Now, because uh, I'm really racking my brain here. Let me see. Let me see. Wait, Oregon over Florida State. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. So Oregon over Florida State. 
Yeah. Uh, Stanford over Iowa. 2014 was... Oregon. Okay. 2015 was Oregon over Florida State. Yeah. 2016 was Stanford over Iowa. Yeah. 2017 was USC over Penn State. Yep. And then the only one after that was uh, Oregon over Wisconsin. That was the Justin Herbert year. Oregon, Wisconsin. I, I totally, totally forgot, forgot about that, that one. That was the one where Herbert ran for like four touchdowns. And okay. Thank you. They won I didn't watch one. that game. Really? Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. It was, it was a good game. Pretty okay. entertaining to watch. Um... Next question. Here we go. We're going to do these in batches of two. Denzel Valentine okay. played for the Michigan State Spartans basketball team yes, from 2012 to 2016. Okay. Who started the most games at quarterback for Michigan State during that time period? One more time on the time period. 2012 to 2016. Okay. I think I got it. Okay. You guys are both ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Connor, Connor Cook. Cook. There we go. Perfect. Great job, guys. Bonus question. We've got a bonus question already. Oh, boy. Who was second in starts during that time? And I've got multiple choice this time for you. Okay. Is it A, Damian Terry, B, Tyler O'Connor, C, Brian Lewerke, or D, Rocky Lombardi? What are the first two again? (laughs) Damian Terry and Tyler O'Connor. Okay. And then Brian Lewerke and Rocky Lombardi. All right. All right, three, two, one. O'Connor. And you guys are correct. Both correct. All right. Tyler O'Connor. So, uh, yeah. two, seemed, yeah. two for Cole, three for Hayden right now. That was an impressive performance. Good display, guys. Great job. That was pretty good. Um, so, let's get to the big picture. Big picture, we got some coaching news to talk about. Um, let's start with Georgia. So, Georgia loses their offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, to the Ravens. Um, and it seems like they knew what was going to happen because the same day they say, hey, Mike Bobo's our new offensive coordinator. Yeah, kind of has the Kevin Steele feel, you know, when he got promoted to D.C. at Bama. Well, I guess he got poached, but still, Bobo is in his third stint now at Georgia, same as uh, Kevin Steele. So Bobo was a, a such a weird name to say by itself, Bobo. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, Bobo, Bobo. was uh, – a GA there in 97, he had a long stretch from, I want to say, 01 to 2014 on the staff. He was a QB coach, and then he was the OC. And then he had five years at Colorado State, taking over for Jim McElwain. And just was, Jim, yeah. was that, what about No, you? no, no, Mike Bowen didn't do well at Colorado no, State. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, he got the keys to a Corvette. Colorado State was 10-3. and three. The year before he got there, and they were in good shape. And I thought you were ugging no, Jim. No, I, I, I was ugging <laughs> Bobo's tenure at Colorado. Yeah, yeah that's he was uh, twenty-eight and thirty-eight. That's terribly underwhelming. But yeah. he bounced back. He was the interim at South Carolina after they fired uh, Muschamp, and then he had a stop at Auburn. Now back at Georgia, so I think he's a good candidate for the job. Obviously, he's familiar with the program, and it's it's a safe hire. Yeah, Bobo previously coached Matthew Stafford, Aaron Murray. He's probably going to help develop the next quarterback. And I saw an article today that Dylan Raiola and his family have connections. They're apparently familiar with Bobo. So who knows? Maybe Raiola will end up at Georgia. Yeah, true, especially now that uh, we've got Rashada coming here. Maybe he's not as committed to ASU. Um, You can't really question Kirby Smart for any hire he makes right now. They won back-to-back titles. You just got to they can run a very interesting one. Colt pointed out Kevin Sumlin. Hired as the co-offensive coordinator at Maryland. Perhaps a little Taulia helper. Yeah, baby! Yeah, this is a, a good bounce-back spot for Kevin Sumlin. Wasn't he in the XFL or the USFL? Some, he was in the USFL? Yeah, okay. Yikes. I mean, he's a good recruiter, right? He's actually, I believe, he had more success at Texas A&M relative to Jimbo Fisher 
with where Jimbo's at now. You'd be right. You'd be right. So, he did have Johnny Johnny football. Yeah. So. And he was he was a genius at Houston. Obviously, was was terrible at U of A. Ran that program into the ground. But you know, I think that was a, a bad spot for him there. Coming off the A and M, getting fired by A and M, he should have taken a year off. He'll get back on his feet. I don't think he's a terrible head coach. I think if Maryland has some success this year, I could see him getting like a, a group of five job the next cycle, or or maybe a good full time power five offensive coordinator position. So. Not a terrible hire, and I think uh, I think he'll bounce back. If he can do what he did with Manziel and turn Taulia into a Heisman Trophy contender, oh my gosh, Kevin Selman, you're the man. The one thing I'll say though is he has a tendency to drive QBs away. At A and M, he had Kyle Allen, oh God. yep, and Kyler Murray, both of them transferred, and then uh, he had you know obviously who was I can't even remember who the quarterback before Delora was a uh, Cooper. I don't even remember. I just remember the kid was from Texas, and he was super hyped up, and he just turned out to be a major bust. Uh, he transferred to Memphis. Freshman year. He, yeah, he was it wasn't Gunnar Cruz. It wasn't um, – Grant Gannell? Grant Gannell. That's it. Out? Yeah, he was a kind of a hyped prospect and just didn't really pan out, and that was really disappointing for them. So what, what I will say is, yes, while Kyler Murray dipped and Kyle Allen ended up dipping – you look at what Kevin, Subin, Kevin Sumlin's track record as guys that he's been able to retain and coach. Case Keenum, Johnny Manziel, yeah. Kenny Hill for eight games. He was really good. Uh, Kellen Mond for a period of time. Khalil Tate. Him. That's there's, what I was thinking of. There's some genuine, there's some genuine promise there. And, and a lot of those guys have similar skill sets to Talia. Yeah! So I'm not saying anything crazy is going to happen, but they also performed very well in the transfer portal this offseason. They addressed a lot of needs. So Maryland, I don't know. There's there, there's a bit of a power gap in the uh, Big Ten right now. There's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and then everybody else. And so a lot of teams trying to hop into that fourth spot. Maybe Maryland. Somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Notre Dame, rumored to be going after Utah's offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, to replace Tommy Reese, who they lost to Alabama. Yeah, it seems like a good scheme fit, just because Utah, we know, they've got the big O-linemen, they play a physical downhill run game. Tight ends. Exactly, and and when you're at Notre Dame, you're not going to have too much difficulty recruiting offensive linemen and tight ends. It's right in that Midwest footprint. So I think Ludwig would have a lot of success at Notre Dame and probably translate that into a head coaching job. And if you're Utah, I'm sure they'll just – plug and play with that position they'll no matter who they get they're gonna they're gonna have the same identity so i don't see this being too big of a deal if utah loses them but this could be a great get for notre dame i saw there was a report an hour ago saying that the utah guy is gonna stay and there's reports that notre dame is gonna elevate their tight ends coach gerard parker oh wow all right there you go a recent development very interesting there you go Thank you, Colt, for just absolutely ruining the entire segment. No, that's good. That's good. That the, the Woj bomb. The most relevant information. Yeah. Uh, what do we call that? A a, a, la, a bomb? <laughs> Akea? What's the name of our mascot? Weedy. Weedy. A weedy oh, yeah. bomb. Massive. Oh, Weedy bomb. There you go. Weedy yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Massive development from the live show. If you guys missed it, uh, our mascot has been named by none other than Michael Bosky, honorary guest in a couple episodes. Um, but let's hop back into some uh, Valentine's Day trivia. Oh! Why not? Uh, you know what? Actually, I, it's going to be too much hassle. I was going to play some music. I haven't been playing the trivia music. I feel like that really completes it. But it's yeah. all right. Valentine's Day theme has to stick with it. Here we go. First question. It's two to three, by the way. Marcus Kemp 
from oh, Hawaii, oh won the Super Bowl two days before Valentine's Day. They did. Who was the other Hawaiian that won the Super Bowl that day? He's a former grad assistant from Hawaii. Was it Alema, Alema Kapoi, Vinny Akea, Michael Tang, or Alonzo Lulua Ina? Okay. I got, <laughs> I got it. All right. No clue. Okay. Three, two, one. C. Alonzo. And Colt, that's incorrect. It was not Alonzo Lulua Iina. It was Michael Tang. Let's go. Michael, Michael Tang. T- Hayden got it correct with wow. C. Michael Tang. I don't know why. What did you see that? I did see that. What it's was like, that? Whoa, hey, yo. Maybe it's because my uh, low battery's on. We're having some technical difficulties on the live. charged. I know. Yeah, she Madeline texts me. Oh no, the live pause. I know. You know, actually, I did see the picture. I didn't know who that was. I saw Marcus Kemp standing oh, yeah, next I'm to a guy, this. and I was like, whoa, whoa, huh? Who is this guy? Based on the names, I should have guessed the yeah. second one based on the last name and the picture that I saw. Here you go. But um, yeah. Okay, I think we're back. I think we're back. But yeah, Colt, you're no longer a Hawaiian. That's very unfortunate. Right, well. So, uh, 4-2 to two now. Colt's getting blown out of the water. Uh, next question. Eric Flowers is a defensive end that played for ASU from 1997 to 1999. I believe there's a more recent Eric Flowers, but he didn't go to ASU, so ignore okay. me. Okay. Uh, the Valentine's Day tie is Flowers. His last name is Flowers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. What team was he drafted to? Was it A, the Buffalo Bills, okay. B, the New England Patriots, C, the Green Bay Packers, or D, the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah. All right. Not sure. Three, two, one. Patriots. Bills. And what did you say? Patriots. It was the Bills. No way. Hayden's on a roll. What he is going on Five here? questions you right. You the past two questions. I, I don't know. Five for five. Colt's not an honorary Hawaiian. Hayden's proven his ASU prowess over here. Pissed. Colt is <laughs> <laughs> Colt's figured out the lights, so he's adjusted him according to his mood. And guess what? <laughs> 247 Sports, they graced us with another article about the ACC projected yeah. over Let's go. Totals. So let's talk about them going in alphabetical order. We'll start with Boston College. They put them even at four. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even with the four. Uh, I haven't wow. really looked at their schedule, but not a whole lot of talent coming in. Jeff Halfley's on the hot seat. I think if Boston College misses a bowl game, he's probably out. He's been terribly underwhelming there, and yeah, it just feels like he needs to at least he needs to go six and six. And I don't see. I don't. I mean, I, I need to look at their schedule, um, but. I mean, Colt, you want to yeah, step up? Yeah, I have four wins. I have four even as well. Uh, NIU, Holy Cross, Virginia, and UConn are going to be their four wins. Eh, they're just meth this year. My whole thing with, with them, I'm going to take the over, actually. Really? I, I think that they very well could be the worst team in the ACC. However, like you pointed out, Colt, NIU, Holy Cross, Army, UConn are their four out-of-conference games. Yeah. There is a world where they win all four of those, and then they just got to pick off Virginia in conference, yep. or Vir- they play both Virginia and Virginia Tech. So. Army sucks. I'm I'm gonna keep it even, but I'm Army I'm leaning sus. over. I'm leaning over after looking at the schedule. There's wins on there. So they I, can get there. Yeah, I picked the over. Uh, we got Clemson at ten and a half. I'm kind of going even here. Oh wait, ten you and a half. Even at ten and a half. Ten and a half? <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What did you have, Clemson? So at? I had them tying South Carolina. No. Okay, I'm actually gonna <laughs> lean over here. Um, I'm a little concerned about the three-game stretch 
in late October and early November at Miami, at NC State, Notre Dame. That's the make or break point of the season. Before then, their only challenge is Florida State, but they get them at home, right? Miami, I mean, we know they've got talent, but they're really just not a good football team. NC State, they're good. Notre Dame, they're good. I think if Clemson can pick off Florida State and then split the Notre Dame-NC State I think I think they'll beat South Carolina this year, and I'm I'm leaning over. I have over eleven and one. They either lose one to North Carolina, Notre Dame, or South Carolina. Yeah, I'm in the same book. I think over. I think this team has all the tools to contend. Pretty high in Clemson for next year. Uh, we've got Duke even at seven. Hmm. Let's see Lafayette, Northwestern, at UConn. Hmm. Based on the schedule alone, I can see right around seven wins. However, I am concerned about at North Carolina, at Florida State, at UConn. Playing road games against group of five teams yeah. is never a good thing. They the have a- Notre Dame. The ACC by themselves fills out half of UConn's schedule this year. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go under here. Uh, no disrespect to, to Mike Elko and, and Duke, but I see six and six. Uh, especially when I feel like these teams that we didn't expect a lot from, they jump out and the expectations get high. They kind of have a sophomore slump. And and I think we got to kind of brace for that with Duke this year. So I'm going to say under, but I still think they'll make a bowl game. I have under seven as well. Um, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Wake Forest, North Carolina, all in a row, all in October. I think that's too tough as a, tough of a stretch to survive. I agree. They had a really weak schedule last year, and they took advantage, but kudos to them. Uh, but easy under for me. We're all on the same page. Florida State at ten and a half. Damn. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. I've seen some. I mean, I think Athlon picked them to win the ACC. Athlon picked going, them to win the ACC. Yeah, they have them as the preseason number one team in the conference. ESPN has them at fourth oh in my their goodness. rankings, and then Bill Connolly has Florida State power rated above Clemson, putting them as the number one ACC team as well. Okay, so here's the deal: they've got LSU first in a neutral site game. Then they've got Clemson on the road a few games later. If they go two and two, well, I mean, right off the bat, yeah, you can't. Over. Yeah, it's yeah. over. It's so, over. and then even if you lose one game, you got to run the table. They have a very early bye week in September, and then they they've just got a. It's a pretty easy schedule down the stretch, but still, you know, at Wake Forest, at Pitt, Miami, at Florida. I'm going to go under here. I I do really like Jordan Travis. Johnny Wilson has proved me wrong there. I think they're in store for another really good season, probably nine and three, maybe ten and two, but I don't think they're winning eleven games. This is the lock of the century. Under ten and a half. Are you kidding me? They are losing at least two to LSU, Clemson, at Pitt and at Florida. Yeah, the national media is drunk on Florida State right now. This is the easiest under my life. Like ten and two just it feels very realistic. They are not going to get away with beating one of LSU and Clemson and then avoiding losses at Florida, at Wake Forest, and at Pittsburgh. Like, no there, there are two yeah. losses on that schedule very easily. We got Georgia Tech at six. I'm going to go under here as well. hate to be pessimistic, but you look at the at Ole Miss, at Wake Forest. And again, i got to keep reminding myself Wake Forest doesn't have Sam Hartman. But still, I think Wake Forest will be good this year. You know, there's wins to be had here, but... You got you, with Georgia Tech. You're going to have that automatic loss at the end of the season every year against Georgia. Very sad. Yes. At Clemson. At uh, let's see, outside of at Clemson and Ole Miss, they can win a couple games on the road. Kind of a weird situation. They're playing Louisville, a conference game at a neutral site. 
Yeah. I mean, you see that a few times, like in the SEC and you know Arkansas and Texas A&M and stuff. But I'm going to lean Louisville in that game. I don't see them going bowling this year. I do like the SC State, Bowling Green, Boston College game. So I think those cupcakes get them to six. So I'm going to go even. I'm also going to go even. We're on the same page, Colt. Um, that that it is brutal. They have to play Georgia and Clemson every year, and then they've got Ole Miss at a conference. Like those three are not fun. But I'm going to still go even. I have faith in Brent Key in that squad. We got Louisville at seven and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you know they got Jeff Brome, and they've been after yep. him for what feels like a decade. I mean he. I, f- I mean, I think everyone felt like it was inevitable that he was eventually going to end up at his alma mater after having just a, a great run at Purdue. Yeah. What I do like, um, okay, so Cunningham graduated. He, he did, yes. Yeah, okay. And they replaced him with Jack Plummer. Yep, he followed him okay. from Cal. Okay. I'm going to go under. Uh, I don't, I don't okay. love Jack Plummer as a quarterback. I think he was underwhelming at Cal, but granted – that's a bad system to play in. This is a much more QB-friendly system that Jeff Brome runs. I'm still going to go under. Right there at 7-5, and five, I, I, just, I don't see Louisville you know, really overachieving and, and blowing past my ex- expectations this year. So I'm going to go under for now. I think there's a sus game with that Indiana one. I honestly think Louisville's going under. There's losses to Notre Dame, Pitt, Kentucky, NC State on that schedule. I'm going to go over. Uh, it's very easy for me to buy into this team. They play both Virginia schools, and I look at that start of the schedule, pretty soft start to the schedule. I think they could rack up some early wins. I think they could start 4-0, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College. I love that start to the season for them. Um, and then, like I said, playing both Virginia schools. And then Jack Jack Plummer, interesting situation. He got benched and beat out by Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. And then went to Cal, and then Brom said, hey, you can start for me now. And he's like, okay, coming back. So pretty cool. Uh, we got Miami at eight. This feels like an easy under for me. Miami, outside of being talented, of course, and pulling in another great recruiting class, they just haven't figured it out there yet. And uh, not sure this is going to be the year. I think they'll probably push for a bowl game. And I'm sure they'll al- they're always going to be live for one of those sneaky upset wins. Just when you have so much talent on your roster, you're going to win some games, uh, but but not, I don't like not last year though. Yeah, I don't I don't like them to win eight, so I'm going to go under here. You know, I like sophomore year crystal ball, and I, I'm going to go eight even. I think you lose to A&M, North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State, but I think this is going to be them putting it together. Um, I'm I'm going to go under simply based on principle. No matter what I see on paper with this team, I cannot trust them yet. Last season was such a dumpster fire. I just cannot trust Miami. It's going to be the same way with Texas A&M for me this year. Hmm. Um, NC State at 8.5. Okay, so another road game against UConn. What, what's the deal with that? Uh, just, I, I don't love that. It's weird. Okay, and what's the deal with the K-Yao spring game? Do we? Is I that, saw that. It was okay. like sponsored spring game, which is okay. pretty funny. That's weird. Um, okay, outside of that, <clears throat> I just don't feel like this is a 9-win team this year. I did see these guys play in the bowl game. That I know that has nothing to do with it. Um, their defense is fantastic. Always has been under Dave Doran. Um, D- Brennan Armstrong replacing uh, Finn. Uh, yeah, no, wait, not Finley. Leary. Leary. Finley played Although, in the bowl game. To be He's, fair, to be fair, they had like six quarterbacks last year. MJ Morris. Right. Finley. Yeah, Finley like, will compete for the job. Yeah. Uh, 
but likely going to be Brennan Armstrong to lose. He had a terrible year at Virginia. He had one of the biggest drop-offs from 2021 to 2022. And this isn't some quarterback-friendly offensive scheme where they're going to just you know air it out and they've got all these big receivers to throw to. This offense was terribly underwhelming last year. So I'm going to go under, even though the schedule is is not bad, especially at the back half when you get you know Virginia Tech and Wake Forest and Miami. Uh, you also got kind of a weird game against Marshall, kind of in the middle of the schedule. That's that's kind of strange, but uh, eight and four, seven and five. I don't like them to win nine. I can find you three losses on the schedule to Notre Dame and Clemson, guaranteed, and then probably one of Miami, North Carolina, Wake, and then if you have some sus weird ones against Marshall, yeah, there's a third loss there. Give me under. Okay, I, I'm gonna say under as well. I, I just think that I'm gonna go a two-sided, uh, double-edged sword here, if you will. Under. But this team's still a sleeper. Because, like you said, Dave Dorn defense is very good. What if Brennan Armstrong rediscovers what he had two years ago? Who knows? North Carolina, eight and a half as well. Yeah, obviously, Drake May is possibly. I think he. Well, he's definitely a top three quarterback in the country. I mean, that might be a hot take. I don't know. I think Drake May will will be a first round pick in 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 the following, or not this NFL draft, but the following NFL draft. I really like North Carolina. I think they're a dark horse. They could wow. be what people – well, maybe not what people are expecting Florida State to be because that's a top-four team. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I think they can go 10-2, and two. and uh, we, they can. I mean, you've got a huge game against South Carolina at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, a rematch of the Dukes-Mayo Bowl from a few years ago. That'll be a very big game for both of these teams. Then you got App State, Minnesota. We obviously know Minnesota's very tough in non-conference games. I, I'm going to go over here. I like North Carolina to go 9-3 and three this year and contend in the ACC. I've gone back and forth on this. I see three losses with South Carolina, Pitt, and Clemson, but the Minnesota game is the one where I'm like, Ugh, do they win that or do they lose that? I'm going to say they lose that. I think they go under 8.5. Yeah, this was one of the easiest unders for me to take personally. Wow. I think Drake May is phenomenal, but this defense is so, so flawed. And I feel like these Mac Brown, North Carolina teams take a break, come back to the season, generate some hype, and then be really mid. And I just, I just, last season, North Carolina was so fraudulent. They had such an easy road and racked up wins early that I'm just not feeling the North Carolina hype like some other people are feeling. So I'm going to take the under on North Carolina. Uh, we got Pittsburgh at seven and a half. This is a total toss-up for me. Not sure what we're going to get out of Phil Jerkovec. He was kind of mid at Boston College. Pitt becoming a kind of a mecca for transfer QBs now. Yeah. But, I, you know, Pat Narduzzi is such a good head coach, and it feels like these Pitt teams always just pull eight wins no matter what happens. And uh, you look at the beginning of the schedule. After getting Wolford week one, they've got Cincinnati and West Virginia. That's gonna those two games. If they can go two and zero, no doubt in my mind they're going over. If they split, it's gonna be fringe. If they go zero and two, under. But I'm I'm gonna lean over just because I I trust Pat Narduzzi. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here. The people know what they're doing when they put seven and a half. I I I'm, I wrote over, but you know what? I'm gonna go under. I, wow. I think the West Virginia Cincy start to the season is too sus, and that's gonna play a huge factor down the stretch. Yeah, you got the Boston College Syracuse in there, but and you're also going to need some wins against Carolina, Florida State. I think it's going to be too tough. I'm going to say seven. 
Uh, I trust the system there. I'm going to go over. Last year, they had a really brutal schedule as well. They played Tennessee. They played West Virginia last year as well. Um, but they still managed to win eight games. So I trust the process. I'm going to go over. Syracuse at six and a half. I'm really low on Syracuse this year. Um, I mean, let's let's go here. Colgate, Western Michigan, Army. It's probably 3-0. and I don't think they're beating Purdue. Then you've got Clemson, UNC, Florida State. Yikes. Loss, loss, loss. Exactly. I mean, their their only chance to get to seven, assuming you beat Colgate, Western Michigan, Army. You've got to do really well in the back half of the schedule. Virginia Tech's got to be a win. Boston College has got to be a win. You can win Georgia Tech. You can win Wake Forest. Uh, I'm actually going to go over because I think they're fully capable of finishing strong. Looking at that schedule, I had under written down. But, you know, Garrett Schrader's coming back. That's a big deal for them. And Tony White, their defensive coordinator, very underrated. Runs that 3-3-5 defense. I'm actually I'm going to go over. Man, I love Dino Babers. He's a Hawaii guy. He played for UH. He's currently on the hot seat. But I think it's going to come down to that Army game, and I think they're going to end up losing to Army. They got six wins. That's under. I'm going to go under as well. I feel like uh, it was a drastic fall off in the second half of the season. Vibes are not great, and uh, Dino was was starting to. It, it felt like he was starting to get control at the front half of that Syracuse season. It's all starting to fall apart now. So even with the returning players, I think things could potentially go pretty disastrously for Syracuse. Really? So for that reason, I'm hammering the under. Uh, and then we've got Virginia. Yeah, the three and a half. Uh, at three and a half, that's, yeah. that's disrespectful. But if you look at their schedule, it makes sense. They could start 0-4. Yeah. Tennessee... James Madison, who's one of the best who's teams cracked. in the group of five, yep. at Maryland, NC State. And Both then you got them. Boston College, which is a toss-up, but it's on the road. And then William and Mary, who might be your one of your only wins on the schedule. I'm going to go under here. Under three and a half. Yeah, under. I have under three and a half as well. William and Mary, though, that's the win. The, yeah, the dysfunction for Virginia could boil over this year. We got Virginia Tech at five on the dot. You know, I looked at their schedule, and I'm going to say they go 6-6. Six and six. So I'm going to go over here. I think they could be live to upset Purdue week two. Ooh. Old Dominion, though, week one, who has just been a thorn in their side. They, they, <laughs> they own Virginia Tech. It's, it's weird. It's so random, but they do. Uh, I think they finally break that curse. They get a win there. They could beat Rutgers on the road. You're looking at 3-0. and Then you got Marshall on the road. Again, what was it with the ACC scheduling the road group of five games that that rarely They're scheduling Purdue? Yeah, Purdue, Marshall, and UConn. Those are the three that keep popping Indiana's up. Indiana's in there too. Yeah, so, so I'm actually going to go over. I think they get to a bowl game. They have to get to a bowl game, but it's crazy how that program has has fallen off since the early days of Fuente. I have under under five. Uh, I'm going to go over. I, I think this team, uh, this program is capable of bouncing back, and I, I trust I trusted Virginia Tech as well. I looked at their schedule as well and thought, you know what, it's soft enough that they can hit that over. And then we've got Wake Forest, last team in the ACC at <laughs> 7. So I could see Wake Forest starting strong with Elon, Vandy, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, and then just kind of falling off, unfortunately. You got you know Clemson, Florida State, NC State, Notre Dame on the road against Syracuse. I just see it being one of those years where they start strong and just absolutely crater down the stretch. So I'm going to go under. 
They could go to a bowl game, but I'm going to say probably five and seven. I'm going seven even. I think they're going to have obviously a fall off without having Hartman. Yeah, Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State on the schedule. Those are three guaranteed losses. I think you find another five, another two losses on there to get you to five losses. I think I think over or even, just because I think Wake Forest performs best when the national attention isn't on them and and. They, they've just been a well-oiled machine, winning seven and, and eight games back and forth. And they had those few breakout years with Sam Hartman. It feels like they're just kind of regressed back to where they were in the ACC, which is a solid seven or eight win bowl team. And that wraps up our ACC over-unders. Uh, something that we meant to talk about at Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers that we never got around to is who will be 2023's TCU. And so that's a team that either missed a bowl game last year or has a first-year head coach. And so who is a team that you really believe is going to make that leap or at least can see the possibility? Yeah. Because it's so outlandish. This one was pretty easy for me. I feel like one of you guys are going to put it to Wisconsin. Wisconsin getting Luke Fickle, who's dominant at Cincy. His name has been everywhere on coaching searches for the last few years. And he finally takes the leap to the Big Ten, goes to Wisconsin. I think it's a perfect fit. And he's walking into a great situation. Wisconsin's in a very easy Big Ten West division. Their toughest test, probably going to be Iowa, but I think Wisconsin's better in every facet. And Minnesota should should be good as well. Purdue could be good, too. <laughs> Purdue could be good, too. Uh, obviously, they've got a top running back in Braylon Allen. Tanner Mordecai, good quarterback yes, transfer sir. from SMU. And they've always got that great O-line and defense. So I think Wisconsin will find themselves probably winning the Big Ten West relatively easily get into 10 wins and from there we'll see what happens but if anyone is going to pull off a crazy 12 and 0 run like TCU did I like Wisconsin I'm going to go Michigan State I think Whoa. okay Mel Tucker there's no way they go 5 and 7 again and miss a bowl game I think when you look at their schedule yeah pretty good chances for a 9 win season then you rip off a couple against Penn State maybe Michigan falls off yeah then you find yourself in the Big 10 championship game and then, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the news lately, but they'll be playing for something bigger than themselves right now, maybe uh, similar to Utah. Right now, Michigan State could be the team. Yeah, I Michigan State, the ebb and flow of that program typically is underwhelming season, bounce back on the national radar, underwhelming. That's kind of how it happened under D'Antoni, D'Antonio. Uh, we'll see if that's what happens with Tucker. I've got a few teams listed. Yeah, I had some backups. Auburn is a team to keep an eye on. Yeah. And this is a team that they have a first-year head coach and they missed a bowl game last year. They have a lot of talent on this roster. Hugh Freeze is coming in. Robbie Ashford's their quarterback right now. He's a lot of upside. Yep. Uh, Auburn's had some weird seasons in the past. Why can't they have a weird TCUS season? I mean, the closest thing to that was the Nick Marshall Auburn National True. Championship run. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's same exact vibes. Um, I'll throw some other teams out there. How about Colorado? <laughs> yeah. First year? Why not? Yeah. He's injected so much talent there. What about Miami? Huh? Healthy Tyler Van Dyke. You've got second year Krista Ball, but they missed a bowl game last year. Maybe. What about no Nebraska? Place? Ah, ne oh, Nebraska fits both. Both they missed a bowl game. First year head coach. Yeah. Two and ten, however. I they are hey. I don't I'm not high on them at all. And then last one, let's talk about Cincinnati. Scott Satterfield, their oh, head coach. Happened there, he yeah. wasn't terrible at Louisville. Um, and they don't play Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, or Kansas State. In the Big 12 schedule. Same conference that TCU did it in. True. I'm just saying. So then what about Iowa State? What do you mean? Same conference. Anything can happen. Wow. Matt Campbell's been there a while. Who knows? Maybe they figure it out. 
Wow, that would that would be something after a four and eight season. Um, but but we've got more important things to talk about right now, Colt. Like and that's Lakakeas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got two Lakakeas for you guys this week. Okay. So uh, this upcoming week, last week we have the Phoenix Open. This week we have the Genesis Invitational, oh. and what's making headlines is Tiger Woods is competing this weekend for the first time in seven months. Why didn't he go to the Ways Management? I don't know, because he wants to go to the Genesis. I don't know. (laughs) But he's plus 178 right now to make the cut, meaning all he has to do is just survive Thursday and Friday. He doesn't have to win anything. All he has to do is survive the first two days, make the cut, finish in the top 50% of the group, and you get your money. So I'm hammering Tiger Woods. Okay. My second thing is Barcelona tomorrow. Plays in the Europa League against Manchester United. So the wow. Europa League <laughs> is basically the NIT of like club soccer in Europe. So okay. it's not yeah. like the Champions League. It's the Europa League. Okay, good okay. explanation. So Barcelona's minus one forty versus Man United. They've won fifteen out of their past sixteen games, and Lewandowski has scored in twenty three of his past twenty seven appearances. Oh, I'm hammering hammer Lewandowski, Barcelona, and Tiger Woods. My quote for the week, guys, comes from Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I think it's very appropriate for betting. Do or do not, there is no try. Yes. Yes. Very popular. Very popular quote. You cannot try to bet. You're either (laughs) placing a bet or not betting. True. True. There's no such thing as a half bet. Well, thank you very much, Colt. Let's get to the Pac-12 newsletter. Uh, Those SP Plus ratings I was talking about earlier today, they are here. And here are the ratings for the Pac-12 teams uh, number eight was Oregon, 10 USC, 13 Utah, 16 Washington, 21 UCLA, 31 Oregon State, 53 Washington State, 58 Cal, 63 ASU, 78 Arizona, 94 Colorado, and 102 Stanford. What stands out to you just looking at that? So for the front, for the top half of the conference, they mostly got it right. I think I would kind of reshuffle it just a little bit. I'd have Oregon State a little bit higher in the top 25. I think I'd have Utah a little bit lower behind yeah. Washington. UCLA's right about where I'd, I'd have them, maybe just a tick lower. I think I'd flip USC and Oregon, and I think Washington's about right. Then you look at Wazoo, 53. Yeah, yeah seems about right. I agree. I think they nailed Wazoo's rating weirdly. Cal Cal, is the issue. What is going on? That is the only egregious one, in my opinion. Like, just absolutely egregious. I agree. I have no idea what they're seeing there at 58. They're drinking that Hayden Kool-Aid from from 2020. Yeah. uh, Out of nowhere. What's funny is I actually agree with the top four order and even placement, frankly. Really? Almost 100%. I'm like, yes, Oregon just out of the playoff contenders tier. I like USC as the team behind Oregon. I like Utah, and I like Washington at literally 16. And then Oregon State, I'd move up as well. UCLA, very appropriate, I think. I could If they checked him down, like you said, I'd be fine. Um, Washington State, but yeah, Cal just comes out of nowhere. And then you've got to talk about the disrespect to Colorado. Yeah. 94. I hate to say, say it, but even Arizona at 78, I think that's, that's a little low, especially when they're returning Delora and Cowing and... They just picked up Justin Flo in the transfer portal, so yeah, I wouldn't complain if they were a little higher. The fact that yeah. Cal is closer to Oregon State than Stanford is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, I'm like, what it should be is Colorado should be in that group of Washington State, ASU, Arizona, yep. mm-hmm. and then 
Cal Stanford should be the ones in the in the yeah. bottom bottom. Colorado at ninety four just feels like whoa 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 Bill. Bill, did you did you look at the transfer portal? Like, yeah. what what's going on here? But I mean, maybe he knows something we don't about. And you said Hawaii was what? Hawaii was one thirty one out of one thirty three. Who was one thirty three? Kent State. They got really? massacred. The, you saw that stuff about the transfer portal, right? Okay. They lost 131? like <laughs> I know they lost Schley to UCLA. Their head coach took an offensive coordinator job, so that's never a good thing. Last but. year, Colt Hawaii started the job or started the year at 123. I, I looked it up in preseason. They were 123 last year, but now they're 131. So he thinks you guys are even worse. We went three and ten last year. He thinks we're gonna do worse than that. Potentially, I mean, it's a rating system. So if if your schedule is more favorable, you might have a better record. But he's rating you as a, a worse team hmm. overall. You know, I just don't get that. Here, let me let me let me read the specifics. He's he's one thirty one. You guys are one twenty fifth in offensive rating and one twenty seventh in defensive rating, according to him. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Stanford, Oregon, Vandy schedule also probably plays a factor into that. No, one. no, no schedule. Schedule doesn't play a oh, factor. Oh, no schedule nope, at all. No. Nope. Oh, so we just suck then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It, basically, he's saying in a perfect world, if he could just rate each team based on how good they are in paper, that's how they, the order would go. So we would only be Kent State and who? Kent State. I actually have to know this. New Mexico. Somehow, oh, right. somehow, new Ma- UMass is above you, which I do. I feel like that's egregious. That's that is Thank tough. You. Yeah, but uh, it was interesting. Some other notes. Texas A&M is 17th in his rating. So don't like of, that. A lot of talent on the team. Whatever. Uh, I think Tulane was pretty high too. 37th for Tulane. That's okay. That's pretty respectful. But uh, yeah, that's that. Fun to look at, uh, especially if you got Bosky's ESPN Plus subscription. It allows oh, you to get access to that. Good. But let's stick with the theme of Valentine's Day. Uh, we'll end the show with some trivia. I've got a few more questions, although it's all semantics at this point. Hayden's already pretty much swept. Um, unless we make them two-point questions. Yes. Um, let's talk about the best duos in recent college football history because it's Valentine's Day. And, hey, you need a buddy? You need a duo? It's Colt in the gym out here? Um, <laughs> who, what are some of the best duos that you remember? So there's a few that come to mind. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams is one. Head coach, QB combo. That's this is deal. something we've never seen before with the quarterback and the head coach moving to new schools together, basically. True. And it's just, it it transitioned beautifully from Oklahoma to USC. Those guys, and they're going to win a bunch of games next year. Whatever the combined record is going to be with those two, it's going to be scary. Another one that lasted for one season, and it was an absolutely historic duo. Bailey Zappi and Jareth Stearns at Western Kentucky in 2021. Stearns, the wide receiver, had 1,902 receiving yards, which was fifth all-time in a single season. That year, Bailey Zappi threw for nearly 6,000 passing yards, and he broke Joe Burrow's touchdown record in a single season with 61 touchdowns. So those two guys absolutely shredded opposing defenses, and somehow I think they only won like eight games or something like that that year. But I remember that was crazy. We were just looking at Zappy's stats every week, and it was yeah. just mind-boggling. Yeah, you mentioned that record. Joe Burrow broke Colt Brennan's record of 58 touchdowns that he set in 2006 with Devon Bess. Okay, so that was my favorite UH duo of all time. 2012 Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey, though. I saw this stat. They averaged 360 all-purpose yards per game. That was more than Rutgers' entire football team, which was like 330 or something like that. So West Virginia 2012 was so lit. 
2000, let's give some defense some love. 2013, Stanford had Trent Murphy and Shane Scove on their defense, both linebackers, go. both first team all conference. They combined for 21 sacks and 170 tackles and four f forced fumbles. Their defense back in 2013 was unbelievable. And hey, you want to give love to quarterback receiver duos? Uh, in 2010 and 11, Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman, they connected oh, for yeah, over 3,200 yards. But you know who connected for more than that oh, in a two-year slate before that? Bryant Moniz and Greg Salas. Yeah, baby! 3,500 yards and 22 touchdowns in two seasons. I just got a shout out. Their, their head coach, Greg McMacken, he just passed away yesterday. But Greg McMacken coached the last UH team that was ranked in the AP poll. They were number 24 in 2010. David Randall was on the staff. Um, but Brian Moniz, Greg Salas, Kealoha Pilares, the boys were all there. Uh, they beat number 19 Nevada with Colin Kaepernick that wow. year. That was like our last legit ranked win. Fresno State? That was legit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty legit. I forgot yeah. that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in uh, when we were Pasadena, in Pasadena. Right. Sean Manning and Brandon Cooks. Got to shout them as well, the, the Rogers brothers. What about Mike Hassan who? Um, it was Mike Hassan and Derek Anderson, I believe, uh, way back in the day. But some running back duos I threw together a list. TJ Yeldon and Derek Henry. Yes. James White and Monte Ball, or Monte Ball, as he would like to remind us. Uh, and then Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. All right. So some solid guys throughout the years. Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson. There you go. Yeah, that's another one. Good. That's a good call. What did Michael James have? Didn't they have like another fast? Barner. I think it was Kenyon Barner yeah, or something like those that. Those guys were quick. Well, it was also Michael James. Or no, was it DeAnthony Thomas and Darren Thomas? Yes. The, the yeah. Thomas backfield. Yes, that yeah. was, those guys gave me nightmares for sure. Who's who's your favorite ASU duo? Oh, geez. I know Nikhil Harry and Brandon Ayuk was pretty sick. Uh, had subpar QB play during that time, so didn't really, I think, we didn't really get to see the best of what that duo could produce. And uh, I believe it was Kalen Balage and um, Demario, his name, his last name is escaping me, Demario Richards, okay. uh, D. Rich, yeah. Kalen Balaj and D. Rich in like 2016, just some really mid ASU teams. But those guys were both fun to watch. So those are my top two. Balaj had that, what, seven touchdowns? Yeah, game? against Texas Tech. Against Ridiculous. Mahomes. That's Mahomes crazy. played at Sun Devil Stadium. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Actually. Against a Graham defense. That was something to watch. Oh, Graham. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to Valentine's Day trivia. Hayden's blowing Colt out of the water 5 2. But you know what? We're going to make these uh, questions worth two points. So oh. if Cole goes two for two and Hayden misses both, Colt could win it all. So here we go. Valentine's Day originates from the Middle Ages. Okay. Middle mid. Ages. Uh, so going by QBR, who was the most mid-Pac-12 quarterback in 2022? Uh, there were 12 that qualified, so 6th or 7th. I'll give it to you. If you can name the 6th or 7th quarterback in the Pac-12 this year based on QBR. Okay. Got my guy. Me too. Okay, 3, 2, 1. Jaden Delora. You said Jaden Delora? Sham Ward. And it was Jaden Delora. Are you serious? <laughs> Hayden is two points. He's at seven. It is oh, seven to two. Oh my goodness! All right, Cole, you're you're in luck because this next question is worth five points. Oh boy! So if oh, Cole boy. gets it right, we're going to be tied. Oh gosh! In which of the following countries is Valentine's Day not celebrated? Oh boy! We've got France, Mongolia, hey. the UK, and Mexico. I think I got my answer. Me too. Okay, are you, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Mongolia. Mexico. 
And Hayden gets it right. <laughs> no, I thought it was again. too easy of an answer. Hayden with a transcendent Valentine's Day performance. He's got 12 points now if I follow all the rules. Love in Mongolia? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> no, apparently not. I had a tiebreaker prepared, so uh, why, don't, why don't I throw this at you? Sure. This, this one's actually worth 10 points. Okay. So if Cole gets it right, we're tied. Um, in what year was Valentine's Day first celebrated as a romantic holiday? Whoever gets it closest gets it right. The one hint I will give you is oh that it's in AD. So you don't have to worry about anything BC or whatever. It's in AD. Uh, I'm just guessing a year. Yep, just guessing a year. Whoever's closest Yo, okay. gets it. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Five hundred. You said 500, uh, yeah. and you said 1846? Please, maybe it was a recent okay. thing. Okay, it was 1375. Okay. So Colt is closer. All right. Hey, we tied. There we this, go. Although it's actually, it's the Price is Right rule. So yeah, Colt's so over, so he lost. misses. Okay. Actually, Hayden wins. All right. Damn, I lost, what, like 22 to 2? <laughs> yeah, like, what's the score? It was a blowout uh, completely. Uh, we got about two minutes left in the show. Okay, I got I got to share my spelling game okay, yeah, with Colt. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is... Cole, you have a chance to redeem your your Hawaii connection here. This is a second-generation UH football player. Oh, God. He's a tight end from St. Louis High School. Oh, God. Okay, let me just take a second on the last name. Kila Kamakavivole. Oh, Kila Kamakavivole. Yeah. Oh, he's got it. Oh, no. He's got it. Okay. K-I-L-A. Yeah. And then Kamakavivole. K-A-M-A. Yep. K-A. Yep. W I Yep W O Yep Okina Yep O L E Yes hey, <laughs> Oh my that. goodness Let's let Michael Scott take us to the outro <sighs> What a performance All I can do right now is <laughs> That was worth 20 points <laughs> So his brother's Kalani Cow It's over Kalani Cow? Kalani Cow We are screwed Oh that's Alright well thanks Michael Scott for that uh, we've got about 10 seconds left for everybody to share their thoughts. We can stretch that to a little bit longer, but uh, any any parting thoughts as we exit the episode? Yeah, you got baseball starting this week, ASU, San Diego State, Oregon State's in Arizona. They're playing New Mexico in Ooh. surprise. UH's got Wright State yep. four games set, so... Love college baseball. Baseball, super stoked for that. Uh, R.I.P. to Coach Mac. Uh, back when he was coaching, they used to do Big Mac Mondays at McDonald's. Uh, it was buy one get one free Big Mac. So I don't know. Maybe UH can start eating some of those right now because we're gonna need it on the old line. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Go Beavs. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Aiden Weber. And I'm Cole Tomadova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Hill gonna come back to the near side. Pick six. Good see that coming.